Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome our very own Nikki Steingold, our I Relaunch chief marketing officer, who has been a critical member of our team since 2011. I'm really looking forward to talking to Nikki about her career path, about her expertise in marketing and the evolution of marketing, and also her fearlessness and how she has approached the role since in, during all of these years. Nikki, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thanks, Carol. Thanks for having me today. Very much fun to have you here uh, on as an interviewee because I'll tell the audience that Nikki has been the whole idea of the podcast in the first place was Nikki's idea and she plays a, a critical role in the production on, and the technical side of the podcast and, and we're going to get into that as well. So the idea that we're interviewing Nikki for the podcast is particularly exciting. Um, Nikki, can you start by telling us a little background about yourself and um, basically taking us through your career path until you joined iRelaunch? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, my background is in mass communications, and that in doing that, I studied public relations and marketing and journalism, and I love my profession. I've really enjoyed it for a very long time because I have um, been doing this for nearly, well, excuse me, more than 40 years. So I am the senior member of the relaunch <laughs> staff at 63 years old. I top the charts. And um, I've seen a lot of changes in communications and marketing over the year and love doing what I'm doing now. Well, we are so privileged to have you on our team. And you have such a unique vantage point of uh, being 63 years old and being in the field for such a long time. And I want to get into that a little bit and talk about this whole idea of the evolution of the marketing field, because you've had a front row seat and, and been not only a front row seat, but have been a participant and wanted to get your thoughts on how the field has evolved and the idea that people who are old enough to have had classic marketing or brand management training and who can then add on the latest in digital market marketing and social media, why that's such a unique combination. Sure. When you really think about marketing concept, you're, you're spreading a message. My goal is to spread that message, um, whether it's internally or it's to the mass market. And so I think that that part of communications hasn't changed at all over my career, but what has changed is the vehicles through which the message is delivered. Mm -hmm. When I started out, we used IBM Selectrics and <laughs> press type to uh -huh. make a headline. And it's gone all the way from that to now the internet and their social media and very few things are done by direct mail anymore. Now it's instantaneous um, delivery of the message. So over the years, I've learned how to adapt to the different vehicles. So I really want to understand that more because it does take a certain mindset 
to be fearless about learning a new platform or a new technology. And whenever we're presented with that situation at iRelaunch, Nikki, you are always just ready to, 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 to figure it out. And you don't have one ounce of hesitation about it. And I'm so interested in the basis for that approach. And mm -hmm. if you could maybe walk us through an example of a platform that, that you used and how you took the first step. Did you like click around and, and look at the instructional part of the website or, or some other instructions that were provided? Did you talk to the um, support person? Did you take a course? Like, how do you approach learning the, these new uh, platforms and marketing technologies and social media ideas because they are being coming at us fast and furious, right? So mm -hmm. how, did, how do you do it? So, you know, Carol, the, the audience that's listening to the podcast now is a very high achieving audience. And we've all been, you know, used to getting good grades and focusing on all of that. And, and part of the wonderful thing of maturity is that I don't worry about grades anymore. So I just am excited about learning something new. And I, and like I said in the beginning, I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. So the way that I approach something is, um, number one, I have a Google alert for pretty much anything that has to do with communications. Mm -hmm. And so if I see something that um, looks interesting to me, then how wonderful is it that curiosity these days can be immediately uh, rewarded? So I can go straight to anything. I can go on a Google search. I can look at YouTube. I can... Um, take a course through, you know, any of a number of free outlets for those courses. I can talk to people online in chat rooms. There's so many ways that you can find that information. So I just don't approach it as something that's daunting. I think of it as something that's really exciting. So for example, the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you know, the history of this it, it was something that was on my radar for probably a couple of years. And I felt like we should um, give it a shot because we have great information that, that is delivered well through the podcast media. And we have a wonderful audience who would be receptive to this type of communication. Mm -hmm. So I knew nothing about how to do a podcast, <laughs> absolutely nothing. But I was sure that we could figure it out. And um, and I think that our relauncher audience is that kind of person, that these are the people who can do so much. So take away the fear and just realize you can do this. So the way I did it was, I decided that I was gonna look online and figure out how do you record it? Like on on what do you record? And then how do you edit? And I found that out too, that, you know, wow, there's this free platform that you can use called Audacity. And you kind of put the files in there and you play around. And I would look at all of the support questions and figure out, okay, if I need to edit something out, how do I do it? How do I move this part to the end? How do I add music? It's all there. And how to publish ultimately and wow, you know, there's so much information. It's almost harder to weed through all of it 
than it is to find the answers. So that's how I approach any so of those it was things. like trial by error when like th- and that was our first platform when we first started we used audacity and and um right. and you would like just maybe do a, a sort of a pretend recording or have have me do it and then you would play around with the editing function Oh yeah oh my goodness my whole family has done <laughs> pretend podcasts <laughs> with <laughs> Yeah who anyone I could right. get to do it Okay. And then yeah. we ended up moving to Zencaster, which which we're on now. And right. that that part, that transition also required, you know, you to make a decision about that we were doing that. So what happened there? That was looking at a few different platforms for the recording and speaking with um, speaking with our current editor and seeing what his suggestions would be. And um just figuring out, you know, try, again, trial and error. Is this the easiest one to use? Are our guests able to use it mm-hmm. most easily? You know, I'm not saying that we're going to stick with it, but for now it seems to yeah, be working okay. Yeah, and we okay. do now have a professional sound engineer who edits the podcast. And as our listeners know, we end up with an excellent professional product uh, at the end. I hope I hope everyone thinks that who's in the audience. Um yeah. So so that that's really interesting because sometimes people are just afraid to sort of poke around and try things and um you know test things out and I, I it's just your learning mindset and your ability to just start I guess it's your curiosity that that drives you um to learn all of this. It's right. it's, it's very unique and and we're so fortunate, but I think we can also learn a lot from your approach. Well, I just think that if we could stop thinking that we're going to be graded on everything and just give it a shot, try it, see what happens. I think that our peers are more accepting of our failures, if you want to call them that, than we think they are. Mm -hmm. So it's worth a shot. You know, other examples, there's, there's a lot of technology that goes on behind the scenes that I relaunch and... There, there have been, you know, different mm-hmm. website platforms and uh, different uh, platforms mm-hmm. that we use for, for example, our roadmap product that that I know um, you're you're going to be talking about in a little bit. So we, and Nikki, you've really been at the forefront of telling us that we need to bring those platforms on on board uh, at iRelaunch, and then figuring out how to use them and teaching the rest of us too. I think with with the with our original um, website that we we do that on an unusual platform or language I don't know even what you call it called Drupal and it was really causing us some problems for a while there so I decided I was going to take a Drupal class and I did I found it on LinkedIn Learning which you know mm-hmm. was the Linda dot com and I took the class and. I learned a little bit more and was able, you know what? I was able to ask the questions better. So you don't necessarily learn to, to fix the problem, but you learn how to f- explain what the problem is. So yeah, I'll take a class for anything. Yeah. And, and it's a really interesting point. You're a more informed customer if you use consultants and you can probably work with them much more efficiently and pricing pricing wise efficiently too if you can zero in and and understand the problem and ask the right question even if you don't know the answer right 
That's that's a good point. Um, all right, Nikki, let's just switch gears for a minute. And can you talk to us a little bit about how you came to work at iRelaunch? How did that happen? Sure. Yeah. I was speaking with a friend whose daughter danced with my daughters. And I'm sure had I had told quite a few people at the time I'm looking for, you know, my great next new job. And she happened to mention that I relaunched where she was working had an opportunity for a social media communicator. And I thought, well, I can sort of do that. It, you know, this is, we're talking 10 years ago mm-hmm. now, or eight to 10 years ago, whatever it was. And it wasn't that big a deal then, but, you know, I knew enough and I knew that I could learn more. So I started um, that way. And there was always support within the team to try new things. And, you know, I, I always had the Google alerts going and I was always looking for ways to communicate and what's the best social media platform and for, you know, for this type of business and how should we use it and how long should the message be? So I was always gathering information. And I think what happened over time is that I would see things that I thought we should try and get the support from you and from Joel Kravitz, our CEO, to try them. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. And, you know, we should underscore that, you know, back in 2010, 2011, when, when you were first coming on board, social media was in a completely different place. And as you have been at iRelaunch over the years, um, you've really mapped through the evolution of social media to where it is now, which is like a, a it's like night and day. It's a, it's a completely different place. And you rode that all the way through. So, you know, everyone was learning about all these platforms and we're still learning about all these platforms, but there's a lot to, to keep track of and to understand and to know what's emerging and to know which ones are, are maybe mm-hmm. fading away in terms of their impact. It, it's, it's a, it's a very big space. And I, I keep coming back to this whole idea um, about relaunchers like you, Nikki, uh, who have a fundamental uh, education in classic marketing and classic br- brand management, but then have this digital overlay of the the the, the different platforms and a a view of how technology plays in the, in the you know marketing of today and. The relaunch only relaunchers are in that position because people who came into the profession much later on never had the the classic training. They came in more right at, at the digital media stage. So I think that's a mm-hmm. uh, a unique skill set that relaunchers who can master both, uh, you know, who understand fundamental marketing and also can master everything that's new about social media and digital marketing in an effective way, they're uniquely valuable. So you're representing that that particular mix. Yeah. I I also think that another lesson that can be learned from, from my experience is that if you've been out for a while and you're afraid of coming back because the technology has changed, and I'm not just talking about communications, but in so many things, then I I remember at one of the conferences or something, I heard this, and it's so true. Where you come in, if you can come in at 
at whatever step you, you are now, chances are that within two years, there's going to be something brand new anyway. So yeah. do you know what I mean, Carol? Like, do you remember that yes. message? It was, it's, it's changing so fast. Well, I remember that relaunchers across fields will say, uh, you know, that like the fundamentals of multivariate statistics are still the same, but some of the analysis tools are different now, or the fundamentals that were, you know, we're seeing the same types of problems in my process engineering role that I saw 20 years ago, uh, be, you know, when I, I, if I took my, you know, a 19 year career break, and there's now new technical tools, but you know what, we're dealing with the same kind of problems. And, and we'll even see, you know, fundamentals of credit, credit risk analysis are still the same, even though the spreadsheet tools have changed. Even librarians will tell us that, uh, you know, there are all these new cataloging systems, but they're based on the same original Dewey Decimal system. So, you know, what <laughs> right. you're saying and, and what you're illustrating is across fields, we do see this mix of what ha is classically familiar with the layer of right. what's new on top of it. Correct. But, but not only that, in that whatever you learn today, when you come back, someone who hasn't even been away from, the, from their mm. profession is going to probably have to learn another technology yeah. a month later. So it's changing so fast that... It, I just don't want, I want people to realize that whatever you learn today is great, but you probably are going to be in the same position two years from now as the person who's never taken a career break and you and she are still going to have to learn something new on the job. Let me, yes, right? yeah, that is a slightly different point. And let me just underscore that with, with a, a couple of other examples. So for there, there's two pieces of it. One is when something brand new comes up. So for example, we had a lawyer who was relaunching and ended up in a role as a, a special, what they call our staff attorney, specializing in Dodd-Frank legislation. Because when Dodd-Frank mm -hmm. legislation was introduced, that was brand new law. No one, it, no one knew anything about it. And so her role was to become the resident expert in this brand new law. And it wasn't like there was anyone else who was already there who had the expertise because it was, it, it, right. it was new. Um, so so that, that's one piece of it. The other piece of it, and this is back to the library example, I actually remember a relaunching librarian saying, yeah, well, you know, when I came on board, it just so happened that they were introducing a new cataloging system right then. And everyone on the whole team had to sit down and get this training in this new system. So I just sat down and learned it alongside them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that takes some of the fear out of relaunching when you realize that, you know, technology is changing so quickly that it may, it may be a little, you may feel a little different in the very beginning, but boy, within no time, you and the people who have been there for 10 years are going to all be in the same boat learning mm -hmm. something. And new. that also goes for example, office productivity tools, like, you know, 
we used oh, Basecamp wow. and no one else, we hadn't used Basecamp before. We, we put it in and, and we now use it as, as our project management software. But, you know, co- there are companies out there who are putting in Slack for the first time and, and everyone's learning mm-hmm. how to use Slack at the same time. And no one has known this before. So um, in terms of office management and productivity tools, that's another place where it's very helpful to be familiar with some of them ahead of time before, you know, as part of your, your relaunch updating of skills, understand what mm-hmm. Slack and Zoom and Basecamp and Yammer, what, what, what these all are. Um, so you're familiar with them. And then, you know, if you can get a volunteer role or some sort of role where you can actually be in an environment where they're being used, that that's super helpful too. Uh, so it's not right. only the technology and the um, systems that are specific to your field, but some of these productivity tools in general. So Nikki, you brought us through your career path and to where you are now, but I just want to get in a little more detail about the play-by-play of how you did your relaunch. So could you just point out for our audience uh, the length of your career break or career breaks, and then some of the steps that you felt were instrumental to helping you relaunch after those career breaks? Sure, of course. I took two substantial career breaks with each of my two daughters. And I think one was maybe a year and a half, and the other one might have been four to five years. And then, excuse me, as time has gone by, I've taken other breaks of, you know, different lengths of time for whatever reason. But for the most part, I've worked, other than the two big ones, I've worked straight through. And I think that what I did it it seemed very organic to me but a lot of what i did was i um, i networked during my time off by staying involved in either the pta or some volunteer experience and using the same skills so i still i would go into a volunteer experience and say you know i can do the newsletter or Um, you know, I'll work on the website, something that had to do with what I was doing. And a really important point I want to mention is that volunteering is not only great in terms of adding something to your resume, but it's an incredible confidence boost. I mean, people love volunteers. They, They love the free help. And if you go in there and you do something for someone, you're not only putting something on the resume, but you're really bringing back that sense of confidence you have in your abilities. So that's Mm -hmm. such an important thing to do. Also, I would keep track of what was going on in the field. So I would stay aware of, you know, what were the new communications tools and how were people putting the message out there? And if I had the time, I would try to learn those new things because, you know, of course there are free courses that you can take and all sorts of things online And um, one thing that I did not do from home was look for a job. Interestingly enough, I think that people are, you know, you look on your computer to see if there's a job or to apply for a job. And I'm pretty sure I didn't do that at all. The thing that I did behind my computer was learn. I was, I would only use it to look up things or find answers or, you know, learn a new skill. The way I found the jobs was being out there, 
was talking to everyone, was meeting different groups of people, whether it was an exercise class or, you know, at, at the, uh, something in the community or just anywhere that really is. And I, you know, you've said that message plenty of times. You went public with your job search. I did. And I told everyone and, um, you know, um, just being the chief marketing officer that I am and having worked on the roadmap, um, all of these things are steps in that roadmap. And it, and it really is all right there. So Nikki, before you go any further, I just want to lay out for our listening audience what roadmap is. So the history is that our book, Back on the Career Track, that Vivian Steer-Rabin and I co-authored, and it came out in 2007, and that was really what led to us co-founding iRelaunch in the first place. So that book, uh, we were, it was in you know coming up on 2017, and actually even before that, we were thinking about should we write a 10-year anniversary edition to the book? What 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 should happen there? So alongside that, Nikki with all of her creativity and thinking what was came to us and said, you know, I think, I think you need some sort of a workbook accompaniment to back on the career track. So between the workbook discussions and the idea that we were coming up on the 10 year anniversary of the publication of the book, we really started to talk about, um, what could some new product look like uh, that should we, should we, should we, publish a new book? Should it be, uh, you know, a hard copy? And ultimately, uh, we decided, and this was really guided by Nikki, that we should bring the book online and make a multimedia updated version of the book that included uh, podcasts and webcasts and worksheets that were downloadable and a lot of additional content. And that is really how... Uh, how Roadmap was born. And the other piece is that at one point we were, uh, we spent a lot of time on curriculum for small group uh, coaching circles, which we ultimately called boot camps. And we ended up with about 16 hours of curriculum and material that relied on the fundamentals in back on the career track, but also had a lot of other pieces to it. And that was another component that went to roadmap. So uh, Nikki, maybe you can take it from here and just talk a little bit about, you know, the, the five stages and 30 steps and, and a little bit more about roadmap. Yeah, that's a great description, Carol. Uh, so the roadmap is it's a five phase, 30 step uh, product. And, um, you know, I'm very excited about it. And I guess have to admit that I'm a marketer and I really want to tell people about it because I, I do very much believe in this product. It is the really fundamental overall guide to going back to work. I think if you can go through this and look at the steps, and of course you can take them in any order that you want to, then you'll have great success with it. And the important thing about the roadmap is that it is an evergreen product and we are able to go in and we do go in on sometimes a daily basis and change things. And so once you have the roadmap, you will be getting any updates. And you may not notice it because, for instance, within a step, 
right now there might be a particular article, but tomorrow I might decide, you know what, this is a newer version of that. I want people to see this. So that's the one I'm going to put on there. And when you get to that step, you're going to see the newer one. So we're always updating it and we're always looking for improvements. And in fact, we have just sent out a survey to about a thousand of our users asking for their input to see if there's something that they think that needs improvement or they would like to see added. So it's very important to us to make sure that the product is always up to date and giving our relaunchers the best that we can give them and the most up-to-date information. Great. Thanks, Nikki. Now, Nikki, I want to close because we're running out of time and I want to close with a question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Carol, thanks. I think the the most important tip for me is don't lose your confidence in yourself. And that really extends to so many things. If you have a curiosity about something, you can do it. Go go online and find out something. Let it let it become the fuel that helps you overcome your fears. Nikki, that is perfect advice and great piece of advice in terms of one of the toughest parts of the relaunch process, building and maintaining your confidence. So thank you. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Carol. This has been lots of fun. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.